What's up, people? Long time no here. I know. I was on a little vacation. Took a little time off. It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without a just for sport to listen to. I know. Jamoke back here with you. And I got a lot to get off my chest. And some isn't good. Some of it is not good. I have vacillated back and forth about if there's one or two topics here that maybe I don't want to get into. That it may put me in hot water. I kind of discussed a little bit of it with some... Did litmus tests, if you will. A little litmus test to see if I'm on the right side. But in reality, what I realize is it's not about me being on the right side or somebody else agreeing with me, although I did find it was about 50-50. It's about this is my opinion. These are my views, my thoughts. On a new episode of Just for Sport. We're going to get into some Major League Baseball All-Star Game tonight. Enjoy the Home Run Derby. Happy for Juan Soto. But no, I think Soto must go. We'll also talk about the craziest story I heard from my mom of all people. And it made me do this investigation into something that happened in her life. That just, you know, in some ways it floored me. Maybe it won't matter to you, but I think you, you know, you may find something that's quite interesting uh, to take home from what you learn. If nothing else, maybe you go and ask your parents about what they may have done in the past. We'll talk a little bit more, continuing about uh, the Live Tour. And as I just watched the, the Gulf in Ireland, where I, oh man, did I feel for Rory McIlroy. The Open slipped away from him. And my guy, Cameron Smith, who I didn't pick to win it, I said in my pick, I thought on Sunday, Roy was going to win it. It's the 150th Open. You know, it's like a homecoming sort of for Roy McElroy. And I had picked Cameron Smith to win the, what was that? I think it was a PGA Championship, not the Masters. And he couldn't do it. But now he gets the win. And I also, I've got some thoughts on LeBron James. It's like I'm. It's like this is like a um. What would you call it? As I sit here early in the morning, a uh, just a dump, a barrage of topics that I've been jotting down that I wanted to talk about, and I didn't do a pod. Um, and I said I was going to wait and then I waited too long and now the, the, the stories are piling up and maybe some of it won't matter. It's too late. And that being okay, I will just cover a couple things. 
just cover a, a few things. All right, so first I want to talk about baseball. And we have the All-Star game coming up later tonight at Dodger Stadium. That's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to watching baseball. Um, and I tuned in last night as well to the Home Run Derby. Uh, I am excited that legends were added to the roster in Albert Pujols of the St. Louis Cardinals, who's retiring, and uh, Miggy Miguel Cabrera of the Detroit Tigers. It reminds me of back in the day when Kyle Ripken made the team, when his stats probably said, nah, he shouldn't make the team. But it's cool. It's cool. I wish I was at the game, as most people do, but there's no doubt in my mind that I got a chance to see Shohei Otani uh, play at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. It's the 30th anniversary of Oriole Park at Camden Yards, which floored me when I was thinking about, man, I went to the opening of Oriole Park at Camden Yards. And to see Shohei Otani there was pretty cool. Now, I didn't get to see him pitch and bat, so there's still that bucket list out there. But I am excited to watch this game. Now, the early odds is I'm going to make my pick. I have no clue who I think is going to win this game. The American League is favored at minus one and a half runs at plus 170. The National League is at minus 200, over under seven and a half, and money line minus 105 for American League and minus 115 for the National League. I I I would say normally I would just root for the American League because it always had an an Oriole on the team, but now that I also root for the Nationals, you know I I. I also like the thought of having uh, a player from both teams in the starting lineup, and we're not going to get that, unfortunately. Um, so I really just want to see a good game. And if you didn't know, the craziest rule about the format is the extra innings. MLB said, and this was announced on Monday, which I'm like, wait, what? That a home run derby will settle the game if the game is tied after nine runs. So my hope is that I want the over-under on if the game's going to be tied. And I am crossing my fingers that the game ends up tied. That's what I want. There are a lot of all-star game props you can get for player MVP. I don't really want to get into that. Uh, but I am hoping that we get we get extra innings. I hope the game is tied after nine and we got to go for the home run derby and the home run hitters for this extra inning home run derby to win the all-star game is Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners, who did great last night, although losing to Soto. Ty France of the Mariners. And Kyle Tucker of the Astros for the American League. And the National League side is Pete Alonso of the New York Mets. 
Ronald Asuna Jr. of the Atlanta Braves and Kyle Schwarber of the Philadelphia Phillies. You know what hurts the most? When I see names of players that used to be on the Nats, like Kyle Schwarber, who's no longer there, you look at the National League starters, you got Trey Turner, the Dodgers, Manny Machado of the Padres, two players that used to be on the Nats and Orioles, respectively. That hurts. Makes me kind of sad. It really does. It really does. But I'm looking forward to the game tonight. And if I had to pick right now, I'm going to go with the AL at minus one and a half. Well, no, I can't really do that. I got to go with the National League if I want it to go to, although I don't get it. Like if the game the after nine innings was supposed to end 1-1, then what does that do to the final? Um, if their home runs hit, that's the part that I'm, well, now I'm confused by that. To have a home run derby settle it, which means, I don't, I don't know. So that's hard to bet. So maybe if I want that to happen, it's not going to be a good thing for me actually betting on the game tonight. But we shall see. What I saw was the greatness that is Juan Soto. Juan Soto looked magical. He was bat-flipping in the sky. Hope it didn't hit anybody. Probably didn't. They were looking for it. They're probably used to it. I was quite impressed with Juan Soto, even if I failed at the fact that initially I picked the under on Juan Soto at 33 and a half for the number of home runs he would hit. See, I think I've come to think that what I need to do is like bet the opposite of what I put on Twitter. I just, I guess I just always do that. That's what's happening. So of course, Juan Soto won. But the thing for me is, as I was like, oh wow, that's cool, he won. To me, that doesn't really increase the money. I think it's ridiculous, ridiculous. Who turns down $440 million? Then again, you might say who turns down $300 plus million from Bryce Harper some years ago. And then what the Nationals offered Juan Soto earlier this season. Now it's almost $100 million more than it was last time, but it's a lot of deferred money, and that's why he said, no, I'm not taking the deal. And I think if I remember correctly, Mike Trout signed the deal for 430 so really that's only $10 million over the last big, great contract that was ever given out by a team to a player. And I know what it is. Scott Boris, the greatest, the best and worst agent of all time. And the reason he is the worst and best agent of all time because he looks out for his players. But he runs the league. In my mind, I feel like he runs Major League Baseball. So he's going to get somewhere upwards of $500 million for Juan Soto. But I, in my mind, don't think the home run derby did that should have increased it. Why do I not think so? Because it's a home run derby, folks. This is not, oh... He's on a streak of 30 home runs in 30 games. 
I always contend that you shouldn't even think that one star is going to win you a World Series. I mean, look at the Dodgers. Look at the Yankees. Their rosters are stacked. The Dodgers won one. They lost a lot more with a very similar high payroll. Only one can win it. Only one. And by the way, just an aside, I don't understand what Major League Baseball is doing, that they're doing the draft at the same time they're doing this All-Star Weekend. It is so confusing. I just feel like it's taken away from the excitement of a draft in my mind. I just I just don't get it. I don't. But back to Soto, the youngest derby winner ever. Well, I mean, second youngest winner of a derby by a day. I just don't think that one player will do it. So if I'm the Nationals, you trade them. You can't let them get away. Like Bryce Harper did. You got to get something back for him. Like they did with Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. You have to. And I hope that they do. Juan Soto did not want to talk about the trade talks last night after winning the Derby. I wish. I know from, oh, well, if you're a producer, you have to do that. No, you don't. You can let them enjoy it. Why do you have to do it? Because you knew you weren't going to get an answer. Okay, I know you say, you don't know that. Oh, come on. You think he's not coached? These players are too smart in public relations. You know, to me, I think they're smarter than that in public relations. Somebody in PR saying, you know, you're going to get asked about this. Don't say anything. Let him enjoy the moment. I can see if in the post-game press conference you did that. But come on, Busteroni producers, you didn't need to do that live. You didn't. You did not. You tried to, I mean, what were you going to do? All of a sudden, he was like, oh, yeah, I want to be traded. Oh, I got the big story. You think you were just going to have a nice long conversation about it right then? Let him enjoy the home run derby. And boy, did he. At least if you're a Nats fan, you know, you may not get that World Series trophy. But maybe, shoot, if I'm the Nats, I'm having them make some little duplicate mini home run derby trophies. Have a home run derby trophy giveaway. Replica uh, derby trophy giveaway. That's what I would do. I mean, that's... That's where I'm talking about that there is some excitement in Washington. Especially if you're looking up the road and you're seeing the Orioles doing well. You got to have something to root for. And I know you want to root for Soto, but in my mind, the Nationals aren't winning. What are we doing with Soto on our team? When you could say, okay, if you're thinking about what's happening in Baltimore, what they do in Tampa and have been doing for years in Oakland, okay, they don't always win, but they get to a World Series here or there. Build up from the farm system. And the Orioles are doing it. 
And I think it's the best thing for the Nats to do the same. Now I know Juan Soto is young. So there's like, wait a minute, it's not like he's old. My worry is, are the current owners going to build? No. So my real worry is, whoever are the new owners, are they going to do what it needs to what needs to happen to make this Nationals team a contending team again? And unfortunately, the timing is off with Juan Soto. It wouldn't have been if they had kept Trey Turner, for example, if Steven Strasburg was healthy, if they had maybe thought about keeping Bryce Harper as well, then you could say, yeah, the team is gelling at the right time. We got a good mix of vets and young players, but they didn't do that. And you cannot win with one generational player and hit or miss with the others. You simply can't do that. You can't do that. And, you know, this is this is where you are if you're a Nationals fan. And you don't know what the future holds. You really don't. Speaking of knowing what the future holds, I have been following, as maybe some of you have as well, the Brittany Griner situation. And I'm torn. I do not want anyone to be stuck overseas in a jail. Now, if you did something wrong, as Brittany Griner did plead guilty to, and I know there's going to be the 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 thought out there that the drugs were planted or sorry excuse me excuse me allege uh a paraphernalia were planted and that Brittany Griner is a pawn in what Russia is playing games with Washington, and that in some ways may very well be the case. What I want to see from Brittany Griner's wife and representation is that maybe in some ways you make the conversation more than just about Brittany Griner. Don't tell me, oh, we're just focused on her trial right now. You know, I just want to bring her home. You need to change the narrative into a larger issue. Because in some ways, I think of like with an organ donor, right? No, you fall in line. As I've read, you know, did some research about uh, like Paul Whelan, who's been detained in Russia since December of 2013. 
charged with and then convicted of espionage? In that the U.S. says he's wrongfully detained. We need to be focusing on getting him out too. If not before Brittany Griner. I don't care. She's a basketball player. A star. Makes the news, the headlines all the time. Way more than Paul Whelan these days. You gotta not make the conversation just about Brittany Griner. Especially when you read articles and go read them yourself. They're talking about the exchange for Brittany Griner might be an an international arms dealer, y'all. This isn't a joke. This isn't like, oh yeah, uh, you give us Brittany Griner, we'll send you an athlete back. No, Russia's like, no, we want someone who has been selling guns and probably all kinds of other weapons of, of somewhat mass destruction. Maybe I don't know what this arms dealer sold, but that's the level that of where we are. I had to go look it up. Victor Bout is the arms dealer. Are you serious? Do you understand what may be happening here? For a basketball player is someone who is an arms dealer. No. I don't see it. He's labeled the merchant of death. Now, if that is also included Paul Whelan in the deal, okay. But I... Still, and by the way, there was a movie made out about this, Victor Bout, uh, Lord of War, Nicolas Cage. He's been in jail for 10 years, so he's done his time. Of course, as he says, he's innocent, which in some ways was expected. But this is not, oh, we just want to get the basketball player home. There's a lot more to it. And I just want those who want to see Brittany Griner come home know that there is more to it. Brittany Griner, she was convicted. She said she she pleaded guilty. She wasn't convicted. She pleaded guilty, excuse me, that they found cannabis oil in a vape canister in her luggage. She said she was rushing the pack and did it. She shouldn't have gone over there in the first place. The merchant of death, okay? The merchant of death has trafficked billions of dollars of weapons around the world. And we're thinking that's the person we need to give up. So maybe he can go back and do the exact same thing and kill and destroy people and governments and countries, etc. For a basketball player who was rushing to pack her clothes, accidentally left a vape canister in her bag to go play basketball in Russia when she knew there was a war going on between Russia and Ukraine and probably should say, you know what, not a good idea if I come over there anyway. 
No. It's got to be for more. Now, I don't think 10 years in prison for Britney is equal to the 10 years in pr prison that Victor Bout has been in prison. No. He was supposed to serve a minimum of 25 years. There is some shady stuff going on behind the scenes with, behind the scenes, excuse me, with Victor Bout as well. Apparently he's worth somewhere in about, somewhere in the neighborhood of $6 billion. I'm sure he's got a lot of money hidden in a lot of different places. But that's an evil man. We can't be talking about just making an exchange for him. We can't. We can't. There is, okay, we'll switch topics here. You know, um, as I watch the, the open at St. Andrews going into Sunday, I, man, I wanted it to be Rory. I feel like I wanted it to, I wanted it to be Rory so bad that I jinxed him by picking him that day. You know, I'm doing my daily tweet for 365 days to see how I do over a year's time. I don't know how many other people track their tweets like this, but I thought I'd try or their bets, their picks like this. But my heart breaks, breaks for Rory. This was his chance. And even when you think about how well Rory played, it was not like Rory had a bad Sunday. He didn't. Cameron Smith just had a better one. Cameron Smith was basically putting out of his mind. He putted minus eight in round four. Minus two isn't bad for Rory. It's not. I mean, the sad thing is he finished in third place. Now, I did make a little pick. Uh, I didn't expect Tommy Fleetwood to win, but I, okay, I said I'll take a long shot. I thought about Cameron Young, but I didn't. And as I mentioned, yes, Cameron Smith, I had picked him earlier to win a major, and he didn't. But I mean, come on. This was, I mean, Rory's from Northern Ireland. The, the tournament was. In St. In Andrews, this, this was it for him. And it really, um, I don't know a lot about golf. I really don't. I'm not going to act like, I'm not going to go into this long thing about it. But what if he doesn't win again? What if this was his last chance to win at St. Andrews? And if I'm Rory, I've got to be pretty bummed because and I, maybe it's just me because I get into numbers like this. When you think about um, the 150th Open, like it 
had that special ring to it. 151, you know what? I'm probably thinking about it, and maybe nobody else will even care. Maybe nobody else will even care. But this was supposed to be it. This was supposed to be it, and he couldn't do it. Now, on the flip side, the beauty of watching the Open was Tiger and him realizing, you know, just like Rory's realizing that this pass Open may have been his last chance to win it at St. Andrews. Tiger, the way he walked up on 18, crossing the bridge, was like, this is it for him to get choked up. You know, him walking up on 18, and by the way, Rory gave a tip of the cap to him on the other side of the course. He was starting the tournament as Tiger was finishing it, tipped his cap cap to him. I don't know if maybe that's what made him tear up. But then the other two players that were with Tiger that kind of stayed back and let him walk up by himself to, you know, the the crowd applauding the way that they were. And my issue with that is that anyways, there's a love-hate relationship. You know everybody in that crowd were ripping Tiger for all of the stuff that he was going through in the drama. A little hypocritical. I'm sure there's some hypocritical fans out there. But this, it would have been a beautiful, beautiful story for it to be Tiger's last open at St. Andrews. Rory winning it all at St. Andrews for the first time, even though he's won majors, I know this was the major for him to win at St. Andrews. And then the Aussie from down under, Cameron Smith. I love his look. I love his accent. You know, I mean, he putted otherworldly he really did as I read what different people were saying about what happened Roy McElroy was trying not to lose that's what it was just a nice steady game don't make any mistakes I can't lose this had a four-stroke lead going into Sunday I think if I remember correctly Cameron Smith was like I need to have the best day ever to win it. And he did. He did. It was, it was, I act like I watched the whole thing. But it was good to watch. And the thing that, as I think about, you know, people were talking about what would be the worst case scenario if somebody from the Live Tour actually won it. And it was just like, oh, yeah, okay. I just don't understand what the issue is with the Live Tour. To me, as I've said before, It's just a new era. Don't now get up on your high horse about ethics and morality. 
with what has happened in Saudi Arabia that is outside of politics. You drive your cars, which means there's a good chance you're using gas. I don't hear you boycotting Formula One for when they play in the, when they have the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix or the Saudi Cup in horse racing. We're not, you know, having a fit about that. Just stop and let them have the live tour. They've got the money. More players are going to leave. And if I'm a younger player, yeah, the PGA Tour is in trouble. That's what it is. That's all it is. No different from ABA and NBA. AFL and NFL merger. They've got the money. They're starting a tour. And you're going to have to live with it. You're going to have to accept That this is this is this is a thing. It's not going anywhere. Because it's not just players that are leaving. Talent is leaving too. Behind the scenes. You're gonna hate on them too, if you know. Probably not. David Faraday is leaving NBC to join the Live Tour because they got the money. Deep, deep pockets. Charles Barkley. There's a report that he's talking about talking with the Live Tour. Nobody, United States, Russia, China, Japan, England, nobody's hands are clean. Just stop. Just stop it. Don't just bring up, oh, Khashoggi. Just stop. When Ribakina won Wimbledon, no one was saying, oh, she's from Russia. Oh, she can't win. She shouldn't be in the tournament. And other, other, other players were banned that were from Russia and Belarus. But at the time, she was not a Russian citizen. But I'll tell you where she was born. All I'm simply saying is keep an open mind. Yes, there are many things that Russia, Japan, China, Saudi Arabia, the United States have done wrong. To each other, other countries, people, atrocities. They're all bad across the board. But we're nitpicking if we're just going to act like the live towards this bad. This is a bad tour. These are bad people. Don't do that. Don't do that. I thought I was getting on a lighter topic. Definitely didn't do that. Definitely didn't do that. Just a small thing before I get to this real topic with my mom. I was really disturbed while I was going about the news about Freddie Freeman. He fired his agent, Casey Close, because 
He believes maybe that Casey Close didn't tell him about that last deal that the Braves offered him and that he, I mean, I don't know if you saw the game or the news when Freddie Freeman first went back to Atlanta, I mean, weeping and it's very emotional for him. He didn't want to leave and he probably wouldn't have left if Casey Close had told him about that final deal. Then you find out that Casey Close is also Clayton Kershaw's agent. So then you realize, wait a minute. Similar to how I was talking about the Wizards, you know, just kind of making deals sometimes with friends. With people you know. I guess that's that's kind of, in some ways, how business works too. There's some backroom deals that were going on. Casey Close looking out for himself. Wanted to help his... His guy Clayton Kershaw get a uh get two teams on the Dodgers. No different from Scott Boris, how, Boris, how I mentioned earlier. No different from basketball. Look at LeBron James. LeBron James running the show. Rich Paul is acting on his behalf, getting all of these clutch sports players to play for the Lakers. And in maybe some cases, getting them on East Coast teams, Eastern Conference teams, rather, excuse me. You think LeBron isn't getting money on the back end that's going to some offshore account? Two or three offshore accounts so you can't trace it? Come on. Open your eyes. Your ears. Your mind. That's not easy because there's some topics that I'm closed about too. But the three that I talked about today that were somewhat controversial I hope he gave you a little bit, a little bit to think about. My mom gave me a lot to think about in a conversation I had with her. That floored me. Just floored me. I want to first start by saying that I implore you, if you have some time, and maybe you don't have this kind of relationship, so I, it wouldn't work for you. But if you have a mom or dad that is into sports or just one is really good at telling stories, which I hope I am, but my mom really is. Uh, and I like talking to her. So we talk maybe every other day. How you doing? What's going on? Sometimes four days go by, but I try to talk to her from time to time. So, and I like to talk to her on, on long road trips because I feel like sometimes she'll talk for two hours. I will talk as well. I want to make it seem like it's one-sided and I can talk. Hence, I'm doing just for sport. She says to me one day, out of nowhere, oh, yeah, and my sister, your Aunt Donna, and I really stuck it to the boys when we got to go to the World Series. And it was cool, but I know the boys are really jealous because they play baseball and we play softball. But we won tickets to go to the World Series in high school. And then she says, but it was really boring because this one guy was like, nobody could hit him. It was like a no hitter or something. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, yeah, it was a World Series in like 1962 or 63. So I'm already floored by this story. I'm like, you went to the World Series 
at Yankee Stadium. And she was like, yeah, one of the games. She didn't know which which game. But I'm going to just tell you some names. When we're talking about, oh yeah, uh, the guy for the Yankees, nobody could score. Or excuse me, the guy for the Dodgers, nobody could score on him. And so I like looked it up. And I just said, okay, who are we talking about here? Here. The winner of the game, potential game, was Sandy Koufax. The loser of the game was Whitey Ford. And it's just blowing my mind. Like, wait, what are you talking about? And by the way, by the way, Sandy Koufax did not give up a run the entire game. And then in the eighth inning, the Yankee, the Yankee scored two runs in the eighth inning. And that's the only thing where it gets murky because it said, I mean, it was a complete game um, that Sandy Koufax pitched. Six hits, two runs, two earned runs. So the ninth inning was when the Yankees finally got a hit off of Hall of Famer Sandy Koufax. And I'm just like, mom, this is this is mind-blowing. I just can't believe that you're sitting here talking about this game where you were bored because no no Yankee could get a hit. But then I also was like, but wait a minute, I was focused on the pitching so much. Let's look at the hitters. Well, Whitey Ford also uh, did get in that bat. Cleet Boyer, Joe Pepitone, Roger Maris, Mickey Mantle for the Yankees. The other Yankees, Tony Kubek, sorry, sorry if I'm saying his name wrong, Bobby Richardson, Tom Tresh, Elston Howard. But some of those, some of those names in there, you know are like, whoa. Okay, now for the Dodgers. Maury Willis, Jim Gilliam, Willie Davis, Tommy Davis, Frank Howard, Ron Fairley, Bill Scowron, Dick Trzuski, John Roseborough, and then, of course, Sandy Koufax as well, who got four at-bats because he pitched a complete game. My mind was blown. I'm like, what are you talking about? You went to Yankee Stadium to watch a World Series game. How am I just learning about this story? In my entire life, you never told me you went to a World Series with the Hall of Famers of this caliber. And it was an epic matchup, the Dodgers and Yankees. I was just amazed and it made me think about like, yeah, it's important to really talk to your parents. Maybe there are things they never knew that you wanted to know. And obviously from this perspective, we're talking from a sports perspective, but I'm just simply blown away. Like what? It was one of the single greatest stories I have heard that came out of left field, no pun intended, because we're talking about baseball, 
from my mom. And I thought you might enjoy it. And it made me also think about today the wonderful sporting events that I've been able to witness that now it makes me more than ever want to get more of my sports memorabilia up on the walls, whether it's a newspaper or a jersey or tickets. I have a little book with tickets, but I've never opened it up and showed my sons and my oldest son, no, but... You know, maybe it's something that I should do down the road. Maybe it'll, you know, one of these days they'll have a show and they'll be like, guess what my dad told me? I don't know. But that was, that really made my day. That really made my day. It made me very happy because my mom, you know, my grandfather, her dad really was really into sports. And talked a lot about sports. And he loved the Boston Celtics and the New England Patriots. Much as I didn't like them. UConn basketball. And the thing is, it wasn't a hatred for those teams. It's just that my grandfather would make fun of me being a Washington fan. And we would always, you know, he's the one who got me into betting. We bet a dollar on the game. If they played each other. But sometimes he'd take a New York team with the Giants against the Washington. You know what they were called back then. And so I guess my mom kind of picked that up as well. And so it's really great to have those kind of stories with her. It really is. Um... Now, tonight, I am going to enjoy baseball, the all-star game, sit there with my boys. Hopefully, they will be into it at least a little bit. And I hope you will, too. That'll do it for Just the Sport. I am Jamoke. All for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code J for Sport. And prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the prize picks app today. <laughs>